The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Talking Transfers is back from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. Welcome, everyone. What a week we are having in the transfer world. Jude Bellingham's name has been rippling all around Europe, all around the social media channels, all around every single website in the UK, Germany, Spain, etc., etc., We'll have all the latest on Jude Bellingham and his future in today's show from us, the 90 Min Transfer team. Toby, how's it going? Good. Nice couple of days of Champions League football. Uh, Real Madrid looked weren't brilliant last night against Chelsea, but they were they were good enough, I think, to make me think that we're going to have a Real Madrid versus Manchester City semi-final, and that's going to be very very exciting to watch. Grim, how's it going? Yeah, all good. Exciting week. Um, the Jew Say it with match. more excitement, Graham. The Jew Bellingham match. Sorry, I, was reading, I was just reading something. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, Jew Bellingham. We're a bit closer to an answer, aren't we? A little bit, but not quite. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, looking forward to the playoffs in the championship with my own Middlesbrough, which, um, yes, I'm dreading now, actually. Dreading the playoffs. The playoffs are never yeah. a nice experience, are they? They're really? not. We, we've had a good record. Um, Middlesbrough, first ever team promoted via the playoffs when we relegated Chelsea back in the day. But yeah, um yeah, it's it's not it's not an enjoyable occasion to that final whistle if you do go before it's just it's it's horrible. And and the thought of us maybe playing Sunderland in the playoffs is, is filling me with either, with even more dread. Have you had have you had the pleasure of a playoff experience, Flaunt? I know you're a United I actually fan. yes I connections did. to Newport, I, haven't you? Newport County Tranmere a few years ago. Oh, what Tranmere the, scored the 89th minute at Wem- No, Tranmere scored 89th minute at Wembley. I think it was one. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, that was awful. That was last five years, definitely. I uh, can't remember exactly, but no, it's, it's, it never seems to be a good experience in the playoffs, does it? Graham said he's been to Wembley a number of times, never seen his team win. Uh, so hopefully, mm. if Middlesbrough seven, do think, make seven, it, yeah, seven. I think is my. Uh current tally 7-8 with England and Middlesbrough and my friend who played for Shrewsbury in the playoffs yeah not a very happy hunting ground for me well uh, Wembley could be the host for the semi-final and final of Euro 2028 if the UK and Ireland bid goes through which uh, I think seems like it might happen Uh, Wembley getting all the big games and they'll be the host Mm. of the FA Cup semi-final the FA Cup final Uh, in the coming weeks as well. Anyway, you're here for transfers. Let me stop waffling about Wembley and Middlesbrough. Uh, Let's talk about what you're here for. Jude Bellingham, we'll we'll top the show with Jude Bellingham. We'll talk Mason Mount and Liverpool's midfield options in general. Ryan Gravenberg, Florian Neuhaus, uh, Pedro Gonsalves linked with Tottenham, Harvey Barnes to Newcastle potentially, Leicester potentially getting relegated with Dean Smith. Will they avoid it? We'll see. Uh, and following, following Bar- Balogun as well is also on the agenda for today's show. You can subscribe to it on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter as well. Underscore Scott Saunders, Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey to find us. 
90min underscore football on Twitter and Instagram for all of the social needs, uh, 90min.com and 90min.com forward slash talking dash transfers for all of the latest transfer news from us on site. Now, Jude Bellingham, then. Let's... Now, I, I don't want us to, uh, to toot our own horn because that is not in good interest, but we've been saying for a little while that Dortmund want 150 million euros for Jude Bellingham. And it seems like Liverpool have only just found this out, depending on what you read. Uh, Graham, have Liverpool only just found this out? Or did they think in some dream world that this summer they could get him for 80 million? What Liverpool, obviously we've reported now that Liverpool are out of the race. And it's important to stress for now, Graham, right? Yeah. Uh, where do we stand? Yeah, it's an interesting one, Scott, as we've alluded to on the pod last few weeks and months. Dortmund have always had this set fee for, for Bellingham, 150 million euros. That came from the fact that they got 144 eventually for Usman Dembele. They wanted it to be a club record. And we all agreed, fair fair price for Jude Bellingham, probably market value. Liverpool did know this and they have known it for a while. I think in the case of this summer, you know, it, it was always a case that it was a maybe from Liverpool. We never thought they were going to go into it this summer and pay the full full fee. A lot of people are saying, obviously, that that money they put to one side, there wasn't 150 put to one side. They still like Bellingham, and they're still very much in the Bellingham sweepstakes, depending on his decision. We're still waiting on the player's decision. It's expected this month. It was, it was Easter, but it's this month now. He's going to let Dortmund know what he wants to do. And that's either going to be to go this summer, and then we know it's between City and Real Madrid if he does go. If it's to stay, and then he'll sign a new deal at Dortmund with a release clause. And that's where Liverpool come back into it, potentially Manchester United as well, with a lower release clause. And, and from what I'm being told from Liverpool's point of view, they are not ruling themselves out of this court whatsoever. They are not ruling themselves out. It's up to the player. It, and and we, I think it was a few weeks ago when we said it really will go in Liverpool's favour if he decides to stay this season and gets that release clause. We thought that. City and Real are pushing really hard. They're both willing to pay what it is. And remember, it's not a release clause, 150 million. Is it's an, it's an overall deal. So we don't have to pay it all in one. Obviously, there'll be some major money going up front, as we know. We have but, seen with Dortmund in the past, they are quite insistent on that as well. Yeah, James yeah, Sanchez they do like mind, right? yeah, they do like big money up front. And it's 150 million, so they'll be getting some big money anyway. And and for Dortmund for their part, you know, they've allowed him to talk to these other clubs and um, part of the process. That's the way they've done it. But they are due to speak to him about his new deal. Um, at Dortmund, possibly, because if he does stay, it won't be just stay, we're not going to sell you, it will be with this new deal, making him the highest paid player in their history with this release clause. And, you know, from what I'm hearing from Real and City, guys, it's they're both confident, they both put the case toward to him, they've both been speaking to him for over a year, there was reports from Germany saying, oh, he's going to reject City because of the, the who's, who owns him, the lack of history there, I'm told that City don't believe that um, you, and do we do we believe it? I don't think we do, guys. He's not going to be talking to City for twelve months, then suddenly say, "Oh, but I don't like your pedigree and history, so I'm going to reject it." It's a nonsense, really. He's a uh, he's going to go and play for Pep Guardiola and the club is there now. One of his best friends, Erling Haaland, is there, as we know. So it's interesting. One, all I can say is both Real and City have a quite quietly confident they can get him still. But then again, Dortmund are quietly confident that he stays as well. You know, we we were very much on an island, weren't we, Scott? When we were saying 
he could stay at Dortmund. When we said that in December in the new year, everyone was... You know, it's Liverpool, Liverpool, it's Liverpool, it's Liverpool. Yeah, everyone was calling us bonkers, but that's a real possibility now. And I said, the likes of Liverpool, and, and it described to me as all better off. If he signs this new deal, it was described to me by a source, he said, all better off. Because then suddenly... Liverpool back in it, Manchester United suddenly, because we're talking it'll be less than 100 million this release clause if he signs it, if he signs this new deal. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. But I think we're edging closer. We don't know which club or where it'll be next season, but we're edging slightly closer. We know we know one thing, he won't be playing for Liverpool next season. Will he play for Liverpool in the future? It's still a possibility. Uh, Toby, it's... Well... I, were you surprised by this? I mean, obviously, we've been saying for, for some time now that we didn't see how Liverpool coming outside of the top four, knowing the rebuild, because they're 12 points off fourth, for example, right? It, it looks nigh on impossible for them to get it now, barring collapses of a number of teams above them. Uh, we never, we always kind of stressed on this show that it was difficult to see Liverpool pulling this off as long as Dortmund remained steadfast on their price. And we have never had a reason to believe that they will shy away from that just because it's Liverpool <laughs> uh were you surprised by their decision finally to step away because it seems like the entirety of the Liverpool fan base were I'm surprised that they were still being considered in the running for this summer for all of the reasons that we've just listed in my mind it was never going to be Jude Bellingham moving to Liverpool this summer. It's only ever going to be Manchester City or Real Madrid. So, no, I'm not surprised that Liverpool have backed out. Yes, I am surprised that there was a press briefing, so to speak, to say that Liverpool have stepped away from the deal for financial reasons, essentially to say it's too expensive to do this summer and that they need to prioritise signing three or four other players and bulking the squad out. To me, that was pretty obvious anyway. Um Liverpool's best shot of signing Bellingham is what Graham said. If he does stay for another year, you could argue that Real Madrid's priorities in the next year might have changed. We were discussing this yesterday that actually now could be the right time for Real Madrid to want to sign Bellingham because they could lose one of Tony Cruz or Luka Modric. And then next summer, you'd envisage them going after Kylian Mbappe, who will be entering the final year of his PSG deal. And Man City right now feels like the good a good time for him to go because of a potential midfield rebuild that we've spoken about. You don't know what City are going to be like in 12 months and who they're going to be moving on, but what we do know Which is... division that, will they be in, Toby? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you what we do know. Pep will only have 12 months left on his contract in the summer of 2024, and that could influence Bellingham's decision about does he want to play under Pep for a year because they might have to let him know who they're planning on bringing in. Real Madrid could lose Carlo Ancelotti this summer, although we don't think that's likely. It's still a possibility. But all of those things could kind of play into Liverpool's hands. The uncertainty about what the priority areas are for City and Madrid could bring Liverpool back into the conversation. But this year, they were never in the running for me. Um, I did find it amusing, to be honest, that there's such an outcry that, oh my God, Liverpool are not going to sign Jude Bellingham. Did anybody really think that they were going to? Like, seriously? He's, you know, he, he loves Liverpool. Um, what I'm kind of, <laughs> what I, how I'm looking at it is the outcry of, you promised us Bellingham, you promised us Bellingham. 
even though he costs twice as much as our record transfer that we've ever outlaid. It was that Virgil van Dijk, right? Not yeah. twice as much, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. It's not uh, far. It's not far it's away. Not far off. Everyone can see the scale of the rebuild that Liverpool need, and Liverpool fans will be the first ones to tell you we need a new right back to uh, for you know for if Trent's going to move position, if Trent or Trent needs some competition to make him play better, they might need a centre back. They need three midfielders. We'll talk about how many midfielders are potentially in the running to join Liverpool in a second. They might need somebody up front because Roberto Firmino is leaving on a free transfer. Do you honestly think that Liverpool could do 150 million plus four or five other positions? Just it's it, under FSG ownership. This seems the most sensible thing to do to me. But obviously, they've been painted in the light of you don't know what you're doing, running us into the ground. But I, I might get some stick for this if there's people listening, Liverpool fans listening. Where were Liverpool before FSG took over? Look where they are now, or look where they were last season. That is clever, very clever. And I think this, to me, as much as the outcry is, you've let us down again. Going back to what works, Jurgen Klopp has proven that he can build teams for relatively cheap prices, buy the right players and elevate the, the, the valuations of the players that he signs because he can get more out of them than they're currently delivering. That, to me, seems like a tried and trusted formula, which works. And signing Jude Bellingham for £150 million is the most anti-Liverpool thing I think I've ever seen. Graham, thoughts? Yeah, you know, FSG have confirmed this thing. With John Henry, that was a few weeks ago. Once he did that, there was never, never a danger in doing this, you know. FSG have had their hands burnt in the past. Have they had their hands burnt from the more salad deal, for instance, paying what they did for him? Has he lived up to that billing? He's done okay this season, but he's he hasn't he's not performing like one of the highest paid players in the Premiership, I would say. Um, so I do think there is that there is that um, thing, thing hanging over FSG. You know, they have spent money, they have, but some of the more recent deals quite haven't quite hit the ground. But you know, they signed Darwin, Gakpo, they are spending. It goes back to some of the deals have not happened. Have they ever replaced Vinaldum? No. Coutinho, no. Thiago's come in. As we said, been a massive disappointment. If if anyone said name the ten best midfielders in the Premier League, I'd say if even if in Liverpool you wouldn't put Thiago in that. He's been a huge disappointment for them. So they have to be very wary of what they do now. And yeah, I think they are still in for Bellingham. But even then, I still think, even if we go for Bellingham in 2024, we'll still see two or three coming this summer because we're going to see Oxlade Chamberlain go. We're going to see Milner go. Um, there's one more. Who's who's even out of contract as well? I'm blanking. There's three. Naby Keita, yeah, that's right. Um, and it's Fabinho hasn't looked at any sort of player. They, they, that, that, that central midfield needs an absolute overhaul. Even whether even whether Bellingham was going, I still think they'd need another two, even if he was coming in. So I think that we will see at the very very least two. If but I think three will come in. The, the only misstep I feel Liverpool have made, and it has been because of injuries, is that they've signed too many forwards. Even though Roberto Firmino is leaving this summer, signed Darwin Nunes, Cody Gakpo, Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota all for big money, you'd argue one of those signings should probably have been a central midfielder instead. And then the Jude Bellingham signing might have been more more realistic this summer because they wouldn't need such a dramatic overhaul. But as we're saying, we're basically it's the entire midfield needs replacing. If we're honest, 
Harvey Elliott potentially, but I'm not actually sure that's his best position in central midfield. I actually think he's more suited to playing on the right wing. Um, I think the two best young midfielders, Carvalho and Elliott, are probably more at home out wide. You know, they're forcing both of those young guys to play in the middle, which in five or six years' time they might be there, but I don't think it's our best positions yet, as you say, TC. Let's uh, let's talk alternatives then, because Graham, we were speaking yesterday. <laughs> we were thinking which which one's most realistic at the moment. If you, if you need to sign three midfielders, realistically, how and Liverpool fans will probably look at all the names you get rung mm-hmm. out every five minutes and think, "Oh, this is ridiculous. We are after so many players. This is all not realistic." But at the same time, if you think if you're building a midfield three. You want a defensive midfielder and the way that Liverpool work is energetic box-to-box players who can do a bit of everything. There's a ton of them around. Um, And maybe you want some kind of difference in the profiles of the 2-8. So that means inevitably that you're going to have a lot of different profiles of player and a lot of different players actually on the agenda that you're analysing. Now, we'll do Mason Mount to start. Mason Mount has been the one... The one probable name alongside Jude Bellingham that has probably been linked strongest with Liverpool, we've reported on it as well, Graham. Liverpool have interest in Mason Mount. Mm-hmm. However, obviously Mason Mount is at Chelsea. Everyone knows his contract situation. Chelsea have tried to get to some point where they're close to an agreement over renewal, but they're not there. Um, has that situation changed? The situation for him hasn't changed in theory. So he's still out with out of contract a little over twelve months. He hasn't signed a new one. However, in recent days, we've have been told that there is new talks due for Mason Mount. Fresh talks for Chelsea. They'll say it was always due. You know, they've never Chelsea have never given up on this. Their line has always been we want him to stay, and we're confident he will. What we're getting back now is a bit from Mount's camp as well. There's a bit more confidence from both sides here that he will agree. Obviously, it coincides with Graham Potter leaving. Um, I think maybe Mount can see more of a future here now for the player and for the club in general. So, yeah, there's a renewed confidence now. So, I think that Liverpool, although they love Mason Mount, and they're not the only ones, but they, he was high on their list, I think they may have to scratch him off soon. I think Mount, before the start of next season, will sign a new contract with Chelsea. That's the vibes I'm getting at the moment. If he turns down this new offer when it comes, it's still not good enough, yeah. Liverpool are in the hunt, but I said they can't they can't afford Scott, can they, to be joined to a saga? They can't afford to be hanging around till the first week in August or anything like that. They need to get these de- deals done quickly. So in that regards, I think they might struggle to get Mount done. Um, and I, I think primarily because he'll agree to stay at Chelsea. Yeah, obviously no real developments yet on who Chelsea will replace Graham Potter with long-term. We've seen him in the Champions League. Uh, Super Frank is not managing to get much of it. I'm even seeing people saying we play better under Potter. Uh, it's a difficult <laughs> job. Difficult job for Frank Lampard, to be fair to him, going in there. But, you know, uh, Chelsea, it's a tall ask for them in the Champions League. And then if they're eliminated from the Champions League, it's essentially 11th or 10th that they're going to finish in the league. And they have a difficult run in as well. I think even if they had six fewer points, they'd be in trouble. <laughs> They really would be in trouble given the running that they had. So, uh, you know, it's just a case of 
forget about it. Get through the end of the season. We'll be going back to the days when Middlesbrough relegated them. Ties and nice with the start of the show, Scott. We'll be going back to them days when they got relegated. When that remember that Commodore kit they were wearing and getting relegated wearing that. Yeah, so uh, Mason Mount, not so much good news for Liverpool on that field. Um, we have reported that obviously Liverpool sensed an opportunity there given Mount was mm. um in an about Chelsea. We know that they've not agreed yet. Maybe Liverpool's best chance to lock him down seems to have passed. You know the profile of Ch- manager that Chelsea will end up getting. Inevitably, Mason Mount's a good player. And they might. I think the up... Mount as well. You know, I was speaking to our colleague Tom got in the office this morning and saying the the options for Mount. You know, if, it, if perhaps if it wasn't Liverpool, perhaps if it was one of the top four who were in for him, might sway him a bit more. But you know, is Chelsea at Liverpool at the moment? It feels a bit like a sidestep, doesn't it? Really, more than anything. Do, 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 do you think there's an element G that Chelsea don't want to strengthen Liverpool either? Given that they need I to improve I... their own squads, why would they want to make Liverpool better at this stage? Surely renewing Mason Mount is one of the absolute must-dos rather than giving him to Jurgen Klopp and co. It has to be, yeah. Well, obviously, we've spoken on last week's show that Todd Burley is willing to deal with other Premier League clubs. However, you know, they, they have, to be fair to this new regime, they have always wanted to get Mason Mount tied down. It's been one of the huge things that they've um, been trying to do. Um, so, to be fair to them, it's always been their plan told me to do it and Liverpool you can see why they would want him he's full of energy English ticks so many boxes but again all the boxes of why Chelsea should keep him <laughs> we'll see how this one develops Mason Mount potentially renewing with Chelsea Liverpool meanwhile have if they want three midfielders they're going to have to get busy uh, let's talk about Ryan Gravenberg of uh, formerly of Ajax currently of Bayern Munich Bayern were well beaten by Manchester City in the Champions League in midweek. They are on course to exit the competition at the quarterfinal stage. Ryan Gravenberg sat on the bench for that entire game. Has had about, I looked at it yesterday, about 320 minutes in the Bundesliga this season. Came in big reputation from Ajax last summer. A number of other clubs, including Liverpool, were linked with him. I think Man United, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, obviously, Eric Ten Hag brought him through from the youth team at Ajax into the first team. Uh, and we did a story on nightmin.com yesterday, being Wednesday, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, of a number of clubs, Liverpool, Manchester United and Arsenal, all monitoring the situation of Ryan Gravenberg. Now, he is he was out of favour under Julian Nagelsmann. Thomas Tuchel's come in and he's still at the moment uncertain as to whether he will get a long-term chance at Bayern, Graham. If, if, do you, is this a potential goer for one of these clubs and Liverpool especially? Yeah, there all these clubs who liked him last summer, Scott, as you say, United. I think we were surprised actually a bit, weren't we, when United didn't push more for him at the time. But I think the deal for Bayern was already done a long time ago. He just hasn't had that chance, has he, or looking really. Reminds me a little bit of Calvin Phillips at City. You know, he's gone there, just hasn't happened, hasn't worked for him. A hugely talented player. So these English clubs now are looking. They looked in January, if you remember, but Bayern said no at the time. So it's a really interesting option, I think. But the player himself, you know, he's a player with the Euros in mind. If he has another season like this, it'd be a struggle for him to get in that Dutch squad ahead of the Euros next summer. And that's a real interesting option for some of these players now. They've got to think about it. You know, we've got European Championships coming up next summer. We have to play. 
and that's a, again we'll come back to Calvin Phillips. I think well, he'll he'll be he'll be saying to his representatives as well, and we know that is consideration. But we're grabbing back hugely talented player Scott, hugely admired. We know these clubs have come in now, Arsenal United. They want to be kept informed of, of the situation, and and buying, it's probably up to Thomas Tuchel, really. If he's going to use him, he'll stay. If he's not, then he's going to be on his way. They've got Comrade Lima coming in. He's a player buying love as a club. They've been linked to Gundogan, who they'd like to bring him back to um, Germany as well. Obviously, it seems that he's more likely to go to Barcelona, but they are looking at options here. And yet, it seems he doesn't have a future there. So if he does go, a lot of options in England for him. Could it be a loan? Possibly. But Astro Bayern would like to sell if he does leave. But a very interesting name to keep an eye on. And I, I suspect he'll be very strongly talked about with Liverpool. They'll like him, as you say, Scott. So I think he'll be very much under consideration for them. Could be a very good pickup for a Premier League team. Meant to ask, Graham, actually, on uh, the... Not jumping back to Jude Bellingham for a second since we've mentioned Man United. What if Man United get a miraculous buyout within the next two months? <laughs> Does that change the picture? Or in Jude Bellingham's case, anyway, uh, we've... We'd never really wanted to insert United into the picture that strongly, but other places seem to want to. Well, yeah, we have mentioned them. We, we said in the last one they've always been there in 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 the dark, in the dark, keep looking over the wall, keeping an eye on the situation. They've been aware of what's happening. They've known that the talks that the player has been happening with City and Madrid. So United, I think, is an interesting project for him. You know, he's seen when he rejected them before. That was due, was it during the Oli It was. Tenure? Yes, it was yeah, so, 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 so no surprise whatsoever that he rejected them. You know, he'd have talked to the players who were there at the time and think, I'm not signing for him. But now it's a very different club. And But as I said, I think if he stays at Dortmund, then United's ears will prick up. You know, I think he's very much in United's um, remit then. I think United, if, if it did come this summer, Scott, it wouldn't surprise me hugely because, you know, obviously they haven't been having these talks like like City and Real, but United's United, you know, Jude not, Bellingham knows all about them. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me, Scott, if suddenly if, if, if the Qatari takeover or just Jim Ratcliffe, we will know by April 28th, probably, who it is, because that's the last deadline. And if one of them opened a checkbook and said, if you want Jude Bellingham to have him, wouldn't surprise me. Toby, seems like some, we've got, we got some manager dominoes. We've also got some midfield dominoes, which could fall into a bunch of different places. We'll talk more midfielders in a second, but uh seems like it's going to be a free-for-all in the summer. It's a lot of top teams who want central midfielders, isn't there? Um, oh, every yeah, team... We're depressing him now, Scott. We're reminding him that his days with Declan Rice are just... It's just a matter of... It's a, it's, we can talk in weeks now, can't we, Toby? Is it six weeks, eight weeks now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six more weeks to enjoy him. Although you say that, there's so many top players who are available... You do wonder how far down the pecking order Declan Rice is being pushed by the fact West Ham are underperforming so badly. Rice has been okay, but he's hardly been at his best this season. I think he would be the first to admit that as well. He was at the top of a lot of clubs' shopping lists um, at the start of the season. I'd argue he's not at the top of any shopping list right now. He's a, he's a target for a number of though, He gets cheaper and you know what he can do and there's obvious, obvious areas for development for him as well, as Roy Keane has pointed out. I think, I yeah, think, I, think, I think it's got a lot to say. I think his stock has, has risen, judging by his price. And I think his, his performances for England helped against Italy. I thought he was outstanding, wasn't he? I think that helped him. But I think, yeah, I think he's got as many clubs now as he ever has. And it's, 
I said, it's going to come down to price, isn't it, really? Um, well, I guess that's perhaps where he appeals even more. He may not be the number one target for a lot of clubs, but he's not going to cost 100 million. He's probably going to cost closer to 70. West Ham yeah. will be lucky to get 70, I think. Yeah, I think West Ham will probably publicise the deal as more, but then it'll be add-ons and what you can win and stuff. But I think you're right, CT. I think 70 to 80 is the ballpark. Let's talk. Uh, Florian Neuhaus, Graham. Yeah, a really interesting player. Um, glad back. Uh, he's a player who has just come back from, he had six months out, didn't he, with knee injury. Um, one of the diamonds of German football, again. And he's one on Liverpool's radar. He's coming back on now. We started playing again. Um, Bayern, like, Bayern Munich like him as well. He's a really interesting one. I said with Liverpool, we could I could literally name the 10, 10 names who've been told to me in the last twenty four hours, Scott, who who I don't doubt, you know, from do you want to do told, that or would you prefer to keep your cards close to your chest? <laughs> yeah, well obviously you've got the you've got Nunez, Neves, you've got McAllister, Mount. Connor Gallagher's a name I keep an eye on massively for Liverpool. I think you know, I think he's he's gonna be on his way out of Stanford Bridge this summer. So that is one possible deal there. Um and this Neuhaus, yeah, I think Germany is somewhere where Jurgen Klopp will look. There's potential value there. He, he's a, he's a, I say he's a diamond of a midfield. He's fantastic. So, I think at least one of these Liverpool recruits could come from a the Bundesliga. There's a lot of options there. Um, Corny as well. Um, yeah, Florian, you keep an eye on him. He's, he's back again um, on the Liverpool radar. He's fit again. Um, and his name, his name will be coming up. We've done a piece on it with um, Nightingale D as well. Go and look at our German colleagues for that as well. Yeah, a really interesting name. Back to fitness, and 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 I'm being told Scott Liverpool are, they are scouring Europe. They are they're going to leave no stone unturned here. If you need three midfielders, why not go and check out everyone available? They've, they've been offered lots of players. You know, I don't think it's just a matter of Lusan Matthias Nunes, although looking likely that they might. But I think it, they're going to look around and see what's available for the money. Because well, by buying spending money in England, as we know, guys, it's not you can sometimes get a lot more player for your book abroad. I was just gonna say exactly that, G. The one appeal with Neuhaus is yes, he's been injured for two years or on and off for two years and he's been out of the German national team setup, but he will come so much cheaper than any of those Premier League options that you mentioned. And he's arguably probably as good a player. He's not playing in the same standard of league, but is there much difference between him? Conor Gallagher, Matthias Nunes, some of the other guys you've just said there? Probably yep. not. So well, Liverpool I, would be... I, I'd, I'd, take, him, I'd take him ahead of those two, to be honest. But I think, I think the... Yeah, I do agree, Toby. It's the, it's, the, it's the cost factor in Liverpool. You know, they've got a, to, to buy three midfielders. It's not going to be cheap, is it? And as Scott said, they need so many different types as well, don't they, Scott? They need... They could do a new holder, a new non-braid. They'd never replace Coutinho, in my opinion. Vinaldum type player, you know, they could do it. They, they need all these different types of midfielders, so um, they have to get it right. So you're saying inevitably, Graham, that Liverpool fans will have hundreds of players thrown at them over the next three months, unless they do their yeah. business quite quickly. And, and what I would say, yeah. Well, I would say when you're reading in our reports and elsewhere, when, when, when the clubs are scouting these players, remember, some of these scouting reports will come back negative. They're not all oh, just because someone's watching a player doesn't mean they're going to sign him because they might come back and say he's an absolute stinker. We're not signing him. So just when you, when they do read when the fans do read saying Liverpool are scouting X and Y, yeah, not all the scout reports are going to be positive. Yes, indeed. Lots of chat about midfielders. We'll dip back to another player linked with Tottenham in a second, uh, but let's jump to the other end of the table, Leicester City. Uh, Toby, I'll come to you on this. Leicester have this week, well, 
the last few days. I forget, I forget how long ago it was now that Brendan Rodgers was sacked. But anyway, th- this week they have appointed a new manager until the end of the season in Dean Smith. Interim. What is going on, Leicester? Because to me, the way that they've gone about this process screams, we don't have a plan. Ah. We don't have a plan. We can't attract a bigger name than Dean Smith because of the mire that we're in. Let's hope that we can bring him in and he keeps us up until the end of the season. I'd be amazed, even if he did keep them up, if Leicester then appointed Dean Smith as their permanent manager moving forward. That would be thoroughly uninspiring, I think, for the majority of the fans and would almost certainly see James Madison leave, who I think is going to leave anyway. Um, we're about he's to got touch. more chance of keeping the job, TC, if he got relegated in some way? Yes, yeah. <laughs> in a way, well, who would they then go for if they went down? That's a Dean Smith's got he's got promotion mm-hmm. credentials. He's done it two times in his career. Is he with Aston Villa and with Brentford? Yeah. So he he knows what he's doing at that level. And okay, he didn't do the job in Norwich, but they were still around the playoffs, weren't they? When he lost his job there, so they weren't doing terribly. They just weren't winning the division like they were so used to doing after going down. Are you are you telling me that Leicester have appointed Dean Smith with relegation in mind? <laughs> I, I'm not sure they have guys because if it's it, I don't know whether you've got the facts in front of you. I'm sure it's not far from TC's mouse, but his his win ratio is quite good. Dean Smith, when you look at his his win ratios, they're actually quite um, good, especially in the Premier League. He's towards forty percent, I think, or he was. Um, at some point, so I think it's an interesting point. I, th- I think they've they've landed on the best option they could have got. Really, if if they weren't going to go down the Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce, Red Adair route, you know, um, I think this is the best option for them. I think Smith's experienced, you know, he clearly likes to play good football, and this Leicester's, I think, he quite suits this Leicester squad. You know, back from his Brentford days, it started with him. This good football, so. Yeah, um, someone has to get a tune at this Leicester team. It really has been amusing how underperforming they are. It really to- Toby, Sunday 28th of May, Leicester City versus West Ham. Final I know, it's, it's the worst final day of the season fixture. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just hoping it's all done and dusted by then and that we're already safe. There's some, great, been, last to... There's some great last game. Everton Bombers as well. We just talked about Chelsea, Newcastle is another one as well. Wow, some great, last some great ones on the last day. Anyway, uh, let's keep talking Leicester because I uh, wanted to change it to the manager. Obviously, I think it really depends on Leicester's status about who they end up appointing next. We just discussed there that Dean Smith may have do, a better Do we chance. agree, guys? But Dean Smith's better than Jesse Marsh? Yes. No, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Moving on. <It's> so <laughs> well, I think whatever seems to be, which, wherever Leicester end up being at the end of the season, wherever wherever they finish, it seems like they're in a position now where they cannot really avoid having to offload some of their star names. Uh, Yuri Tielemans, correct me if I'm wrong, is going to leave on a free transfer. Uh, Liverpool, cough, cough again, another team. We also have James Madison. We've talked about today and on previous shows, plenty of interest in the Premier League from other Premier League clubs in him. Harvey Barnes as well, uh, linked with, well, reported by us this week that Newcastle are in on the agenda for him. Who shall I come to, Graham? Yeah, Newcastle, really interesting. They, they still don't know their budget yet, Newcastle. You know, they've got a Champions League budget, a European budget and a, a basic budget um, in their regards if they don't get in any of the uh, continental competitions. Um, but yeah, they, they like Harvey Barnes a lot and, and they are looking for this 
two forwards were told, you know, attacking midfielder, they looked at James Madison, although a lot of a lot of other clubs coming in for him now. Um Liverpool having a sniff, even United have looked. Uh, but Tot- Tottenham like him a lot. Tottenham like James Madison now. Um so it may be quite hard for Newcastle to get that one over the line. But Harvey Barnes is someone they like as well. They want this goal scoring wide threat. We know Almiron's there, but twenty nine now, he's not the long term answer there. Is he twenty nine? Yeah, he is. Is yeah. he? Um, Anthony Gordon's come in. He was more, more of a creator rather than a goal scorer, we would say. And then Alisson Maximan, who obviously flats to deceive as he does every single season in the Premier League. So they do want this other player. Um, and I think Barnes would suit Eddie Howe down the ground. I really do. I think he'd be a perfect fit for Newcastle. And I, I think he's great. I love Harvey Barnes. I think he's not had the plaudits he deserves at Leicester. I think Madison's overshadowed him. Um, Press-wise, media-wise. But he's got 10 goals from that wide for that Leicester team, which is mightily impressive. And so, I just don't... I, this whole Leicester situation just bemuses me. I love I love Madison, Dewsby, Hall and Barnes. I can't believe that they are where they are with them three playing. But Barnes, yeah, he, I think he's ready to go now, 25. I think if he goes and gets the right club, and that's a good season, guys, and he's got every chance of making the England squad for the Euros, but he has to pick the right club. He has to get his move. And again, it's another one of those players, isn't it? He's thinking about the Euros because they don't come around too often. Toby, was it, is it a year too late for our prediction about Jamie Vardy's goal scoring in a season? Yeah, I think we said prior to last season that he was going to score six and that he'd be struck down with injuries. Um, he scored once this season and that probably reflects why Leicester are doing so terribly in the league because they've not replaced him, have they? And they've got Ian Nacho and Dakar who are just not doing the business. Um, Harvey Barnes, alongside Madison, has absolutely been Leicester's most impressive player and as G says he's a goal threat but he he works really hard he tracks back and I think that's what Eddie Howe has been missing on that left-hand side of the Newcastle attack for all of their good form they've had to rely on Bruno G in central midfield they missed him hugely when he was out injured Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak are both scoring goals but they're both susceptible to injuries as well and I think Newcastle need another goal outlet Almiron provided that in the early part of the season, but that's tailed off now that he's had a few injury niggles and Alan Maximan blows hot or extremely cold. Um, and I can see Newcastle wanting to move him on and Harvey Barnes would also tick the English quota, which is so important these days for Premier League clubs. And he probably wouldn't cost an absolute fortune, would he, Graham? He'd be expensive, but not he wouldn't break the bank, so to speak. Yeah, I think we're talking 40 to 50 which is Premier League price is about right. Um, and obviously, we, we, we must mention, guys, that um, the other Newcastle target in this position, Jack Harrison, just signed a new deal at Leeds. So that's him off, its, off the table as well. So I think it tees itself up. Obviously, they're going to be waiting to see. Um, the price will be determined which division they're in, obviously, Toby. Um, oh, are we seeing Newcastle's profile tar- or target profile in a lot of these players now? Put Harvey Barnes in that. Obviously, he is not a superstar, but you know he's a decent player, he's a good player, and you can probably improve him. And you see a lot of other players that Newcastle have bought. They're not superstars, are they? A lot of people anticipated, oh, we're going to try and sign Mbappe when they took the ownership change, this kind of thing. They're definitely not going that route. No, they're not. And, and even with the players we see linked from abroad, you know, it's like some Moussa Diaby, who probably one of the lesser French lights, but still a, an excellent player. We can see the, they're doing the homework on these players. The one that stands out as being slightly different is Anthony Gordon. I think they see him as a diamond in the rough who they can obviously polish up um, to come good. But he does stand out, doesn't he, as a non 
Eddie Howe type signing. You know, he backed away from someone like Dan Juma because of previous issues. But um, I still, and we saw a bit of Ed Gordon at the weekend, didn't we? He wasn't, didn't react well. So, uh, but you know, they're not going to get every single one right. But yeah, I think Barnes ticks that box, Scott. I think it's the way they're going. It's a, it's a slow build, isn't it? We're seeing, but I do think we will see that um, um, progression. Even with the centre half, they are going to sign the centre half to to replace Shah. But I think they might go for a younger one, like we saw. We linked them um, having been confirmed. They're interested in Howard Bellis, um, the 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 Burnley. Um, defender who's on loan from Man City, but someone like that who will come in eventually to replace um, Fabian Shah. I don't think they're going to splash massively on every area, but there will there'll be a certain couple of players, someone like a Barnes or a Madison, um, and maybe that centre midfielder who at the moment looks like Mr McTominay. I, um, I tell you what makes Harvey Barnes such an attractive prospect. He's two-footed. Really, really good with both feet. And that's a, a rare commodity even at the top level, isn't it? You see every winger playing on the opposite side always switching the ball to their dominant foot. Harvey and adding goal, goals, Kobe, he's added goal, this season, he's added them goals, hasn't he? Which I think Brendan Rodgers obviously wanted. But 10 goals from out wide in that Leicester team is... Um... Is, is 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 pretty impressive, isn't it? And it, it obviously he's going to ta- he's going to be um, we, another another link who we saw to Newcastle um, was Jared Bowen, Toby. But I think I think Barnes is slightly ahead of him, and I think a lot easier to get. Yeah. Talking of players, attacking players who have good records. Let's talk. Well, Newcastle uh, obviously in the running for top four. Tottenham are also there as well. Tottenham eyeing up. Pedro Gonçalves. It seems like, I think Sean Walsh uh, from the Night Min team tweeted this story earlier this week and there was a mix of excitement from Spurs fans and sporting fans saying, leave us alone. Uh, stop buying all of our players and st- don't take our manager either. <laughs> uh, we've already mentioned Ruben Amarim in, this, uh, in today's show, but Gonçalves, 13 goals in the Premier League in Portugal this season. I think that record's been his goal scoring record, his output has been good for a while. Uh, 18 in 42, 12 assists this season across all competitions. Uh, Graham, do you want to pick this one up? It's uh, Spurs. I think one thing that we know about Spurs is they are lacking that creator mm. just behind Harry Kane or whichever striker they end up having next season. Yeah, he's been likened to James Madison, actually. I know I've spoken contacts in Portugal about him. Uh, Pote, as they call him over there, rather than Goncalves. But yeah, his, his stats are fantastic. We spoke off, didn't we, Scott? Really impressive from him. Playing more centrally as well. But I think, he t- yeah, we know Tottenham are wanting this number, this number 10 type player. Um, James Madison, obviously, is very high on their list now. But I think Alexis McAllister, or now Goncalves, you can clearly see the sort of player they're wanting. And he ticks a lot of boxes. And yeah, um, and they are annoying the Spartan fans. But I'm told that uh, whilst they were watching Porro, who came in, the the Tottenham scouts were waxing lyrical about this boy. They said he is the real deal. And that's where a lot of this interest stemmed from. Toby, uh, what do you make of watching Tottenham on a, <laughs> on a weekend at the moment? They were lucky last weekend. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's, it's the same, so it's not it's great, the same old story, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's never a fun watch, and it's always do a we, question. Do, of... we, do we think they're making top four guys? Do we? Who? What? What would I would make them third favourites currently? They have that run of Newcastle away, Man United at home, Liverpool away at the end of April. Wow, which is will make or break this season, I think. But what Spurs can do is get the job done. 
it feels yeah. like the top four. I don't know what you guys think. It feels like the top four is almost done and dusted now. I know we won't need to start. We shouldn't start mid-April, but it seems like it's done and dusted. Suddenly, like a month ago, it looked like United were in danger dropping out. Newcastle were in a bad run of form, but suddenly those two were back on track, and I think it's going to take a massive effort to to dislodge them two. I've been pleasantly surprised by Newcastle's ability to grind out results. They beat United, West Ham, and Brentford in the space of a week. Dismantled West Ham. That, United, that, Man United, that Man United win was massive for them, wasn't it? That seems to be the catalyst, TC. That was, that was the catalyst, that, that performance as well. Well, they're, they're playing with confidence all over, and Brentford are a hard team to beat. They'd only lost five games all season prior to yeah. Newcastle going a goal down away from home, and they came back to win that game. Very interesting um, weekend game they've got, 12-30 at Aston Villa this weekend. Without Bruno as well. Was that their first win without Bruno? It was. Yeah. It was. Well, well, technically, he was in the match day squad, so he might be able to credit himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, plenty going on there. Man United still in the Europa League. They play Sevilla on Thursday night. They Do we have a bet? Is my is my top finishing United bet still on still still alive? It actually is fair play. Actually, is I think United have a better run in than Newcastle do, but um, United are also in two other competitions, and I think they'll be wanting to win, especially the Europa League. I think United look at that and think, maybe the it might the goal difference play a part. It's got maybe we'll see. Uh, let's round off today's show with following following Balogun. Of Arsenal's tearing it up in France, but that's not. He seems to want first, first choice at Arsenal. I don't think that's going to happen, Graham. No, it's not. He, he's got a lot of interest from from around the league. Um, a lot of the t- teams, like a Leicester, Wolves, West Ham, being mentioned. Um, that's you think that would be a sort of level at the minute, but. The problem is that Balogun's got is he's going to refuse to go out on loan again. And and Arsenal asking a lot of money, 30 million plus they're asking. And and that's a annoying Premier League terms, as we discussed about it, 30 million is a lot of money, but I'm not sure anyone's going to pay that. You know, it's a lot, it's an awful lot of money. As you say, it's got one season in France. You know, he was at Mayo Middlesbrough before, didn't really do much. You know, and I'm not sure Arsenal say I think he's better than Nketiah, but I'm not sure Arsenal do. Toby? Yeah, I, he's not going to dislodge Gabriel Jesus as first choice, is he? And then they've got Martinelli, who mm. is starring on the left wing, but can play centrally. I think Balogun has probably got more to his game than Nketiah. I was astonished. I think I said this on the podcast before, that Arsenal gave Nketiah a new five-year <laughs> deal. But they didn't have anybody else, did they? They'd lost Lacazette. No. It was, to me, that was a bit of a panic of... We can't go out and get somebody. We've already got Nketiah. Let's reward him. They'd probably want to do the same with Balogun now, but they've already done that with Nketiah. Um, And as Graham says, one good season in France. He scored 18 goals in Liga, and that looks very, very good. But is that enough to slap a £30 million price tag on a player who's done very little in England? I don't think so. Um, But I can't imagine him getting a move. Certainly not a permanent one. Um, but he doesn't want another loan, does he, G? I think he wants, if he's not going to get his opportunity, he wants out. I'm just not sure he'll actually get his way. Yeah, he, he might have to settle for a loan, as you say, about. I think he, in England, I think he's, he's held in high regard abroad. There's a lot of clubs in Germany like him, you know, um, Leipzig losing Kunku, um, Frankfurt are losing um, a few of their players as well, um, Kamada, etc. So the goal scoring threat is reduced, they might go of him. Um, and obviously, um, Randall 
um, Kolo Muani. Mm-hmm. He's obviously desperate to get out, so it might be a cheaper replacement for him. Um, yeah, I, I, he might get a move to the Bundesliga, I think. Um, but again, that price, that's a lot of money. Away from the Premier League, that's that in the, in the rest of Europe, that's still a lot of money. It's not in England, but in the rest of Europe, that is still a lot of money. That is the that is the difference. Obviously, there's so much money in the Premier League at the moment. Wages so inflated that it's a lot of clubs find it difficult to shift players for the prices that Cause they Because that, that's the thirty million Scott. That's that's a mass, that's signing. That's a, all the money of these European clubs, and they'd, they'd be using it to sign a national reserve. You've got to be an exceptional talent as well to make the step up from Liga to delivering those kind of numbers in the Premier League. Because mm. the leagues are completely different in terms of style standard very few players even Lacazette when he came from Lyon couldn't replicate mm. the numbers that he was doing there at Arsenal and Balogun's been playing one year of senior football um I think actually he's kind of in the Reese Nelson mold isn't he where he would actually benefit mm. from another loan abroad and then see where he is that's um, the problem isn't it if you're a club looking wouldn't you just try and sign Reese Nelson on a free though wouldn't you rather <laughs> do that it's one of them I know he's a slightly older probably two years older but Reese Nelson's available on a free transfer Speculation. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where Balogun ends up. Plenty of time to go yet. The transfer window is nowhere near opening, so I think clubs are putting their plans in place ahead of next season. Expecting plenty of movement on the manager front and on the midfielder front, especially in the Premier League. Man City looking to revamp the midfield. Man United want a number eight. Liverpool want three. Arsenal want one. Tottenham want a ten. Chelsea sign everyone, so why the hell not? Uh, we will see how things play out over the coming weeks, and we'll be back next week for another Talking Transfers. Until then, uh, it's been Scott Saunders, Graham Bailey, and Toby Cudworth, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, and at Graham Bailey on Twitter. Please subscribe to the show on all your major podcast platforms. Visit us, 90min underscore football, on all the socials, 90min.com for all the latest from us, and 90min.com forward slash talking dash transfers for all of the latest transfer news from our Talking Transfers feed. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you very soon for another Talking Transfers.